Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode 159, entitled My Nephew Makes Websites Too. It was published on Thursday the 19th of December 2019. My name's Nathan Wrigley and a little bit of housekeeping just before we begin. If you wouldn't mind heading over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there you're going to find a whole load of ways that you can keep up with all the content that we create and there is quite a bit of it. For example, you're going to be able to sign up to our newsletters. We've got two, one to alert you about the content that we produce and one to alert you whenever we come across a WordPress deal. Also on there, you're going to be able to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player. Please join our Facebook group of over 2,300 WordPressers, all helping each other out. It's a very friendly place to be. And there's things like our YouTube channel as well. If you like this podcast, please feel free to click on the black buttons underneath the podcast player. For example, the Apple one allows you to rate it. And I'm very, very grateful whenever somebody does rate the podcast because it certainly helps helps promote it. Um, and I'm very appreciative of anybody who feels that they can do that. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash win. You'll be able to get yourself a WP Forms Pro license. Jared Aitchison was on the podcast a few weeks ago and he donated a Pro license. So you can win that over there. And also wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you would like to have your product or service advertised in front of a WordPress specific audience. A bit like WP Feedback have done. Are client communications eating up all of your time? If so, check out WP Feedback. It's a visual feedback tool for WordPress that's specifically designed to get you and your clients on the same page. And you can check it out at wpfeedback.co. One last thing before we begin. I don't know if you're aware, but we do a weekly WordPress news. It's on a Monday. Uh, you can listen to that, but also 2 p.m. UK time. We do a live version of that with some special guests over at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. OK, that's all of the housekeeping I've got for you this week. Let's get on with the main content of the podcast. It's episode 159. It's David Wormsley and I having a chat. And the the rather sort of pithy title is My Nephew Makes Websites Too. And the idea here really is that, well, we've all been there before. We've all had a client who's come back and said, well, my nephew, who's really good with technology, they reckon it should all be red over there or that we should have a picture of a cat or whatever it might be. And we're following Bryony Thomas's Watertype Marketing book. And in that book, she proposes 13 different places where we may be leaking clients. And this is one of them, the idea that we, we're not entirely sure who the stakeholders might be. We don't know who has to give specific explicit approval. Perhaps it's a family member or peer group. Maybe it's a boss. And so we've got to ask ourselves, how do we find out about who these people are and what processes we can put in place uh, in order to prevent the nephew having the final say. It's a really interesting episode and I hope you enjoy it. This discussion we're calling My Nephew Makes Websites too, and it's another discussion where we are using the watertight marketing book by Bryony Thomas to give us our topics for discussion. And she talks about 
but 13 what she calls leaks where businesses can lose potential customers or clients in our case so we're working up an imaginary funnel we're starting at the lowest point at the bottom where our customers our existing customers are and working to the widest point at the top where there are people who don't know of us so i'm just going to recap very quickly on what we've covered so far so you know where we are on the funnel we started with forgotten customers so these are the people that we've got we may have neglected them and they may not know about things that we do we talked about port onboarding where we think we've got a client on board but they're not actually fully committed to us yet no emotional connection was the next one not having a brand identity that customers can relate to no gateway which was having no trial or a product ladder something where you can lead people up to the big offering and now we're moving on to what she calls critical approval so this is and nathan and i've been having a good chat about this this is basically that most people who are going to buy something when they're getting analytical they will start to talk to their peers their families or even their bosses before making a decision so yeah it's it's interesting because i think i think the title sums it up absolutely perfectly because i bet that all of us have been there i mean i'm willing to bet money actual money that we've all been in the situation where a client has come back to us and said something so in you know remarkably interesting about a family member or somebody you know my nephew's my nephew's (laughs) guinea pig uh thought that the uh the website ought to be more green or something you know just something bizarre and we've had to sort of swallow it a little bit and and although that will that although that will represent a small amount of what we talk about today it is actually way more than that isn't it there's quite a lot of depth in this and um we had to think quite hard about what this actually meant because i think most of this subject is off limits to us and what i mean by that is um, we simply don't know. We don't know who our clients are talking to. We don't know when they put the phone down on us or leave the office after our meeting, where they go. We don't know who they're talking to. We don't know whose confidence they've got, who whose ear is bending, sorry, you know, who's bending their ear and so on. So a little bit of guesswork, but we tried to work out some of this stuff. And I think I think there's a, a, quite a lot to say. Yeah, there is. But there isn't actually much in the way of practical advice. I don't think the book, unless I missed it, of course, because I did skim over this bit trying to remember what was in the book. But I don't think there was much that it offered us other than to be aware that we're not always just dealing with the person we think we are or the the ideal client isn't the only person that we we have to think about because everybody's got a little network and uh, we might need to provide some information for those people anticipating that they're about or we might need to try and make some kind of connection with those people I think particularly in business yeah Um, I mean essentially in an ideal world the whole process of pitching a website and winning the contract and you know the proposal being accepted would be just completely linear and under your control and every step of the way you would push something toward the client and they would respond with a nod of the head and that's kind of how we want it to go but of course human beings just don't behave like that how many times have even your closest friends or members of your family done something which you you truly didn't expect them to do you know that was completely out of character I really didn't see that coming and so it's a little it feels a little bit like that you know they're going to go off and talk to people and then come back in ways that you simply didn't expect and usually in the past, I've always put that down to decisions that they had made for themselves. But this topic today and the discussion that David and I have had prior to recording it has suddenly opened up a whole can of worms in that now I'm going to be starting to think, okay, 
where did that come from? If I felt that it was all going in this linear way. I felt that we were all on the same page. Now you've mm. suddenly raised this quirky objection or this quirky thought. Where did that come from? And if it wasn't you, how do I find out where it comes from to try and stem the flow, if you like? Do you want to tell people about, if you can, about your decision-making process when you have to buy things that relate to the family? Yeah, so it turns out, and this was only upon being a little bit introspective just a few hours ago, I feel, and I wonder how many people identify with this, I feel largely incapable of making decisions about family purchases. So let's say, for example, um, at the minute I'm looking to get a bicycle for my son. And uh, I was out the other day with my son and I could have bought a bicycle for my son. We tried various bikes and he decided this was the best one and it was within the budget that we'd allocated for it and so on. But I couldn't buy it. And the reason I couldn't buy it was because I felt on some level that I needed approval, um, in this case, from my wife. And it turns out, I think a lot of my decisions, and again, we're in the sphere of the family spending here. A lot of my mm. decisions are like that. I feel on some level that I must communicate what I'm about to do to my wife to get approval. And I, I think that's probably tied up with the fact that we, we, you know, we, we coalesce our finances and we, we share all of that together. Mm. But I, I am very much beholden to, to that. I, I seem to be incapable of stepping outside of it. Now, if it's in my business and I'm thinking about buying, for example, a piece of software or a new computer, that's entirely different. I'll, I'll, huh. I'll completely feel autonomous to do that. But if it's family money, I, I, yes. I have to do that double check and make sure that everything's okay. And, and this, this happens time and again. So it's not, it's not something which is, um, you know, which is unique. It, this is just the way I behave. And I don't know why. Um, I'm going to just blame my mother. That's, that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah. But do you, do you feel yeah. any of that? Are there any areas of your life where clearly you're thinking about other people and what they may think about your decision to buy or sell or whatever it might be? Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's almost the same as yours, but it actually comes to the software for me. I have to make the decision through my wife. I, you know, you just said mother, and I think that is it. My mother in my household used to keep all the finances. You know, dad just used to work and give some money to her, and she did all the rest. So I'm sure that's there. I still got this. It's really sexist, I guess. I've got this thing, and my wife has taken that role of doing the budgeting yeah. she does the accounts for us and everything so i yeah i feel it has to be passed through her but you know what people have got this right you know so when it comes to AppSumo, the the, the cash back that you could get straight away easily the the 60 days you know to change your mind and get your money back really works on the lifetime deals that they offer really work with her so you know some people have maybe maybe they've thought about the fact that these decisions are wider because yeah. they certainly make it's a lot easier for me to get uh, uh, <laughs> an AppSumo deal through my wife. You know, she go, is it lifetime? You know, can you get your money back? Will you use it now? <laughs> that's okay. the usual one where that's the one where I stumble. But I have to go to her. Yeah. But it's interesting, though, because it speaks of the fact that I would imagine there's some sort of psychology going on there, which is spread throughout the human population, whereby, yeah. um, you know, even if you believe that the person that you're speaking to has complete autonomy. And obviously, you would yeah. like that to be the case if it's, a, let's say, for example, a, a sole trader who's set up, setting up a business and they would, would like to have a, a website. You're kind of going to be thinking, 
well, okay, it's just them. They're talking to me. These are the only decision makers. Uh, I've got them all in the room, if you like. But they may well be going home and talking to their, um, you know, their their partners, their wider family, and well, the the entire network of people that they communicate with. You just don't know where this stuff is leaking out and whose input is coming in. And so this thing about my nephew makes websites too. I think I think there's a lot of truth in this. You know, take it home. My 18 year old uh, nephew who does lots of gaming. He's on the computer all the time. He's, he knows how to build a computer. He built it himself. He's got. He's very capable. He understands the internet and so on and so forth um he he thinks this and so we we must take my my nephew's decisions on board and there is probably an element of um you know like for being being allied into like tribes going on here you know in that sense if it's my nephew well he's part of my family and people you know blood is thicker than water that might be quite important for that person but it, it gets much wider as well and by that I mean instead of it being the family it could be the company or the board of directors or the particular team that you're involved in all of these people may be having an input in ways that we simply have no in, um, oversight of yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got to try. I mean, the, the thing is to try and find the person with the power uh, to veto anything, haven't we? And I don't think that's going to be uh, obviously we're going to have different types of clients and even I have different types of clients. So, you know, the the last one I found out about only because I asked was actually the nephews, but the nephew's girlfriend over a family lunch had persuaded my client that they needed a new look for their site and a new logo. And uh, so all I heard initially was the client saying that they needed they were going to get somebody to do a new design and I was a bit put out why <laughs> but I hadn't done the original design I'm now the person looking after it and doing tweaks for them my colleague did the original design and I agree it does need a new one but I, I was just surprised she didn't ask me first as I'd been doing tweaks but it was only because I asked her and I think it's the first time I've actually done that I actually found out the whole dynamic of their family lunch chat and what the husband wanted from the site and why you know they the nephew's girlfriend was coming into the equation okay really fascinating Let, let's sort of hone in on that because that's interesting so let's say for example that um you suspect that that, that there might be other people at play or even yeah. or, or even let's maybe take the position that from now on we all ought to suspect that there are other people who've got yeah. their um you know that have got their um, irons in the fire how how did you glean that information because i i literally can't imagine the conversation that would have resulted in the client saying oh yes you know the, the nephew the, the nephew's girlfriend or whatever uh, ended up saying that we needed a logo so that's now very important well, I think it's because, you know, I've done a lot of work. I've made a lot of little videos for her explaining how to do things on a site and various videos that I felt I could right. ask the question more. And I don't know how I would do this with a new client. And that's really what we're looking at, isn't it? Yeah. Losing those. So I don't know. I'm going to have to think about this a lot more about right. how we can ask. So yeah. you, you've just you've got a very chatty relationship with this person. You know, you felt you felt able to just sort of have a have a wide ranging conversation of which you felt able to drop in that that question. Where, where yeah. does this come from? Okay, well that's fair enough. You know, you know when you know somebody, you can kind of go, "Oi, why not me?" <laughs> yeah, well that's the best. That's the best of all worlds, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I suppose. So one of the things that that I try to do um, when I have a new client is in order to, and I hadn't really realized it was for this reason. For me, it was more about decisions getting drawn out in time. 
and you know a decision that I needed to be made quickly ended up being um, a board meeting discussion that went on for three weeks and my agenda was shot to pieces because I have no idea what the company's agenda is in the background. So my approach is to is to request that all the people who are going to be making any kind of decision, they be in the in the meetings that we have. So let's say that we're having a new website for, oh, I don't know, an automobile manufacturer or something, and there are seven people in this company, and three of them, uh, it's been decided that these three people could have any kind of impact in the in the website. Well, I would like all of those three people in the meetings, and some of the advice that I've been given has been to call off the meeting if you show up and the three people are not there. If only two of them are there, you, you just simply turn around and say, oh, that's a shame. Um, never mind. We'll just rebook it because of the way that that can come back and bite you. Add on to that the fact that I ask that um, there is only one person after that meeting is finished who who has the, the, the kind of the ability to, to communicate with me. And so all of the their decisions go on in the background and I'm only dealing with one point of contact. But of course that, it turns out, introduces in a way this problem because I'm only communicating with the one person, but I know there's three of them, but I've got mm. no way all of a sudden of communicating with those other two. So in some ways it's a win. In other ways, maybe it's not so good because I've lost the, the, the contact with the two other people who might be interested yeah that's fascinating you know i'm just thinking back really to the first big job i did and there was no way of me being able to insist and get the work because um <laughs> they were a chinese company and ultimately everything had to go to the president who was in china who i don't think spoke very good english i was dealing with their sales people who were in canada who were also chinese and i don't think i would have ever got everybody to the table so and this has happened again with an uh, another company that i deal with do, do furniture and i've done a lot of jobs for them but in each time i've dealt with this staff member who's come to us who know we do the websites because i don't think the board of directors are that interested until it gets started mm. so i have to do a deal with that person really effectively knowing that these folks will intervene somewhere at the end i've talked about this before i think yeah, yeah. they were the ones where <laughs> they were the ones where i think we'd finished the site and the directors came in and said mm, could it be in reverse like everything that's white now could be black <laughs> you know right um, oh yeah yeah of course yeah oh <laughs> i mean they you know when they realized what that meant um they changed their minds but you know i think this is something that we, we'd be taught, really, I guess, by most people to guard against. But sometimes just to get the work and just to get something moving, you kind of have to swallow it and just be aware of what's going to happen. Yeah, the what I was just saying was kind of like an ideal representation of what I would try and do. And, and as I said, it was advice. It's advice that I've been given. And I tried. Yeah. I have tried to do it. And I think largely it's been beneficial, but also I've completely failed to do it. And a good example would be I was on the phone, I don't know, two or three weeks ago to a client of mine and they suddenly wanted to put me in touch with somebody who's just been hired in the company. And, and I just let that one go because it just felt, well, boy, what a, I can't really turn that one down. It's completely reasonable. It sounds like they're going to suddenly be part of it all. So, yeah, it doesn't work out all the time. I think you've got to be flexible. But, but I, like I say, I reiterate, I think the idea behind that was to just 
stop things getting stalled at the at the stage of proposals and getting decisions made and and just being insulated from all the the sort of company infighting because at least if you've got one point of contact you you are at least one person removed from all that fighting and you just deal with the finish the the end of the fight and the outcomes are, and the victory you know whatever whatever decision won yeah, exactly. I mean, I do the same. It's that I want one person to deal with, at least to make the deal with. Luckily, because I'm charging small amounts for like build days, which effectively over the week, most of the when it's bigger companies, the staff usually have um, a card and they're allowed to spend that money, you know, with their own decisions without going to the director so they can start the website, you know, and my deal can be entirely with them. Mm. So that's kind of working, but it's not going to work if you've got bigger budgets than what I've got. So, yeah, well, you know. yeah. So how do you, how, so just a minute ago, we talked about the fact that you were able to drop this into a conversation because you, you, you're very familiar with them, friendly, and the, the banter sort of came naturally. But how do you, how do you introduce this as a subject? And I'm thinking more, what kind of, what, is there a legitimate way of saying this? Even before there's a problem, even before the nephew has put his, you know, put his oar in the water and started to shake it about a bit, mm. is there a way of kind of saying, look, um, I think it's quite likely humans being humans that you're going to go off and you're going to get all sorts of differing opinions. We're we're really open to that, but we need to know. We need to know all about it. I mean, is that even sensible, or or are you, or are we just stirring up something which? It's just better left unsaid. I don't know. It's making me think. And I think that's right because I've I've been going down my own agenda, the same the same one, like trying to nail down this one person and the deal with them, you know, to just and I actually think I should be asking those questions early on. Is there anybody else who's gonna show an interest in this or needs to be aware of stuff or needs any you know, questions answering mm. um you know do you need do, it's quite sensible i guess with the this is happening with people that i'm getting used to now so the the furniture company who i do some work for they're bringing me in a lot more so the next job i'm doing i will be they'll be paying me some time to talk to one of the directors mm. for the first time ever so it's changing as the relationship's going but maybe i would have made it easier if i'd have asked those questions early on um just you know can i answer any of the questions that anybody else might have yeah i like the way you've put that because i was just thinking how would you word that let's say for example in an online form where you you know you, you might write something along the lines of are there going to be any other decision makers or you know are there any other significant people in your life and and suddenly it's it starts to feel really intrusive and a bit weird like what why <laughs> yeah. do you want to know about that but i like the way you you just said that um can i talk to anybody else who needs to be involved and maybe maybe i need to think about this i've got a client at the moment who and it's a it's a single um it's a i don't know what the the name for the um the kind of organization that they've got but it's a single person uh, business i think they might not be a sole trader anyway they've got this website and and i'm only dealing with them and that that they're literally in charge of the business but ever since we started this conversation an hour ago i'm suddenly thinking some of the things that they say 
I'm wondering, mm. I'm wondering where it goes after we hang up the phone. You know, do they do they go to their um, do they go to their house and start chatting to all the people in their house? Are they sharing it in the coffee shop? You, what do you think about this? And are, are all the friends and neighbours and relations and pets getting involved? And suddenly, <laughs> all I'm getting back is is just the feedback from an amalgamation of people. And I suppose. At that point, you've just got to draw a line, haven't you? And you just sort of say, "Look, this is what I do. This is my profession. We've got to, we've got to stop this endless um, cycle of changes because of what everybody else thinks. Just just accept it. You know, you don't pick up a magazine and think, "God, I wish the logo was blue. That's a really <laughs> terrible." You just read it. You just get on with it because it's been done by a professional. And it actually looks good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm moving anyway to. I- think a kind of a business which is much open to the I'm hoping really because of the fact that I'm trying to get people to use their page builders and feel like they're involved like it's their website and Mm. I'm their support that I'm hoping some of this will solve the nephew issue a little bit because uh, this is a bit of guesswork but my guess is that a lot of the input that people will get will be about their egos about their need to tell people they know that they know stuff as well yeah uh, and then they may not know a lot but if the, if they didn't feel like they were excluded and they could if they wanted to come in and you know change some of the colors on their you know their auntie's website or whatever yes. you know they might they, they I might not be at odds with them and I and I can sense this as well with the job that I'm doing uh, with another client well I actually think you know the person who's helped me get the work again get the new redesign I think ideally because she's done a bit with websites before but doesn't know that much in an ideal world she wouldn't have me in at all she'd be doing the redesign herself but needs me for the technical stuff and I think yeah, because of the fact that I'm not a block I'm not saying you must do it my way you know it's it's kind of working quite well um and you know so and i think other people are obviously getting involved slightly in the in the whole design and everything so yeah. i think this openness is helping me a lot to avoid this oh i'm hoping it is some of the things that you suggested i thought were you know really intelligent ways of getting ahead of all this you know if you possibly can one of the things that you recommended was um, things like you frequently asked questions page. You could easily mm. deal with it there. I mean, I don't know how many people actually read that stuff prior to, to doing it. I, I'm also suggesting maybe um, putting that stuff actually in the contract, but I don't know mm. how I would word that. Maybe more in the proposal than the contract. I don't think I could lock that down. How, how could you possibly prevent people talking to other people? And then you mentioned things like roadmaps as well. Um, yeah. I think they're all good good ideas in the terms and conditions and so on. Um, yeah, just good ways of getting ahead of it, introducing them to the fact that you, you really want to know uh, who's involved. But do, there's the question. Do you want to know specifically that it's the nephew or do you just want to know that somebody else said <laughs> yeah i guess um yeah it doesn't matter who it'd just be nice to know where their information's coming from what it yeah. just just to be able to answer the questions is the thing isn't it i want do you know what the frequently asked questions is a way of dealing with it but i sometimes wonder i, I don't know this is my guess I get the feeling I put a lot of stuff on websites on hidden pages that are supposed to be for information. I just think when the links in a in an email these days, people just don't go and click on it. Mm. I think I've got more chance of putting the frequently asked questions, like you say, within the email itself. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. It might make it a very long email, but I just I don't know. I'd love to hear other people's view on this. Just a suspicion I have that people never go to my links. Well, I might have 
Well, I was just yeah. going to say the bottom line, though, is that this is this is going to happen. Uh, it, I can't imagine any website that's been built in splendid isolation. But the what Brian e. Thomas here is trying to illustrate is that it, it does happen, and you've got to have your best endeavour to stop it happening. Now, now we've sort of focused largely on like family um, family mm. things here, like the nephew and and you know and so on and so forth. Uh, but presumably, though, there's a whole other tranche of this that's going on with, um, let's say, businesses and colleagues mm. and boards of directors and things like that. And mm. and I don't know how you would stop that. And I really also don't really think that you can prevent it happening. No, I guess if that's your client and you are dealing with big budgets and boards and that, I suppose you probably could, if you thought about this, work out what the different bodies might need, you know, why HR might need something different, the board of directors might need something different to the person who you've got to be essentially um, working on the site with who might need to run it after you've finished. Mm. Um, So, you know, perhaps it is possible then being armed with this thought, (laughs) you know, to, to, to bring together some very short, you know, frequently asked questions that this is just for these people and this is just for them. Yeah. And just, you know, so if they... Like you mentioned before, when we were talking before the record button went on, you said about, you know, some people may have a view about WordPress itself. You know, they may have heard that it's you know bad for security. Well, and be yeah, vetoing you, you, it on that. You just can't you can't really predict, can you? You've no idea on what level. So in your case, it's the button going red. But it could be it could be other things like, you know, oh, my my uncle had a terrible experience with WordPress. His site got hacked and. That could be mm. enough. That's the end of the conversation. You just never hear from them again. So I was kind of wondering if the best deployment of this is on the, is that moment where the client does go quiet. So you've, set, you've, you've been to their office, you've done your discovery session or what have you, and you have put forward to the, the proposal and everything seems to be going on quite well. And then we've all had this happen. You submit the proposal and then you literally never hear back from them again. And you've probably got all sorts mm. of little sequences worked out so that you can try and get them back on board. But I'm wondering if at this point from now on, this needs to be a, a question that you explicitly ask. You know, I'm, I'm just wondering, just just reaching out. You know, we sent the proposal a couple of weeks ago and we haven't heard back from you. I'm just wondering if anybody has offered up any objections that you thought might be serious roadblocks or impediments mm. to moving forwards. And if so, you know, we're totally open to chatting them through. But please note that um, any objections that you've got, we can we can probably iron out. Oh, that's brilliant. You know, I really like that. Yeah. Oh, great. No, no, we should. That's a really good way of doing it when you throw something in and just throw it just as a standard thing. Just say, are there any, you know, objections coming through or the other? And also, you know, you could send it off with, you know, if we're not talking to people who need to know something, is there any kind of information that we need to cover for them or send them anything as well? So, yeah. Yeah, I think that, that those two things could do quite a lot, couldn't they? I think. Well, I'm wondering at, at that point, at least it's it's a fairly benign question because you you've already reached a stalemate, and if you don't do anything, you know, let, mm. let's say for example, you've made it pretty clear that you need to respond to the proposal in ten days and fourteen days elapse. They've clearly stopped working with you, or either that, or they've you know absentmindedly forgotten to get back in touch with you. So at that point, it's touch and go. Maybe they'll just bin the email anyway. But it, I, I don't see the harm. I don't think anybody could be offended in being in being asked. Look, 
is is there any situation or piece of information which you've come across which made you view the proposal mm. differently um, than how I mm. thought we'd we'd got it all ironed out? And and it may be exactly that. You know, my nephew said that WordPress is insecure, or my husband said that it's too expensive, or you know, my board of directors said. Well, mm. we haven't got the money right now. I thought we did have, but we'll come back to this in six months. And yeah. all of that could be important. It might it might be the death of the project, but you might be able to turn it around at that point. Yeah, and learn something about you know the yeah. type of clients we've got and yeah. what their concerns are. Yeah, yeah, learn something about why it's gone wrong. And in the case of the you know the 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 the, the dad or whatever saying that WordPress is insecure, you've got an answer. In the case of we haven't got any money at the moment, well, okay, you've got an answer, but you may also find out, all right, six months from now, let's go for this and do it all over again and see where we're at. Um, if you get a reply, chances are I think you've you've probably got something in your arsenal to um to to come back with. You know, you've put the yeah. proposal together, you've already spent some time on it. It's worth salvaging, I would say, at this point. I used, to, I used to worry about WordPress being a bit of a block for bigger companies. Not mm. that I go for them very often, but that used to be the impression that a lot of people wouldn't do them. So, you know, my my former employees, they wouldn't go for WordPress, you know, uh, government. They wouldn't see the, uh, an open source project or something that would have all the guarantees they would need. Mm. So I always had that feeling. And, and interestingly, I was uh, not when this goes out uh, live, I don't think it'll be some time on, but I've just come back from a little tour with some people from the UK, which I haven't spent time with for a long, long time. And they're all, um, they're all in financial services. They're all quite high flyers and um i asked them the question you know did, did any of them have any websites and they had or they've been involved in someone i just asked them did they know of wordpress and the, and just the majority said of course it's the platform isn't it wow <laughs> For the web. Yeah. and i thought wow yeah it was interesting because i mean i don't know anything about the projects they were involved in but I, i'm just guessing most of them you know were um you know fairly big uh, clients and stuff you know so but um you told me before we recorded about like an opposite conversation where somebody you remember you told me a story about some, somebody who put the brakes on because <laughs> you were going to use templates or something such a such a quirky thing to have put the brakes on about so easy to dismiss but unless yeah. you'd have known that yeah the project just never would have happened yeah, I probably mentioned this before, but yes, it was because, again, it was um, a, a vets. I, I think I'm giving too much detail away. But yeah, um, the person who owned the practice uh, was separate. To, they left it to their staff to sort out their website. So that was just one of the questions. It was nearly thrown. If we'd have answered wrongly, they asked us whether we were using templates. And it was only later that we discovered it was because the person running the practice uh, got the information that templates were insecure. So we just said, yes, we are, to save you some money we're going to do that we'd have probably lost the job and not known why yeah you know so. and so what they probably what they got from that was that you know if you go out and buy some i don't know three-year-old on updated uh, they're probably talking about a theme i'm guessing um yes. you know theme forest theme well yeah okay that's there's a there's a bit of truth in that but Here's the counter argument. You know, templates are just a quick way of getting us started to save time. There, it, there's an, the, the template in the end will be exactly as if we built it from scratch. We're just saving you a bit of time because you don't need bespoke. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And you can you can put that one to bed really quickly. But if you didn't know, 
that would have been that that project shut down and you wouldn't have got the work. That's interesting. I'll tell you a story about something which happened to me, which illustrates a different side of it altogether. So, so far we've talked about, let's say things like family members and other Mm. people within the company um, Mm. that you're, that you're bidding uh, toward. Well, I think this could go further. It could also be that um, other professionals or rivals of yours could be having their say as well. And what I mean by that is every time I get a proposal, not every time, but most of the time, it's made pretty clear that we're, it's, been, it's a requirement of our company that we get at least three proposals and we'll put those together on the table and we'll check it out. A little while ago, don't know how long ago, um, and I, I won't say what business or who or anything like that, um, I got all the rival proposals back in my inbox they'd actually put them out on the table compared them like for like a bit like you would do with like a pricing table on a website and they'd highlighted and i presumed that the other people who were bidding for this website had got the same stuff they'd highlighted mm. in red felt tip the bits that my proposal was missing compared to the other ones and then they'd scan those in a photocopier, attach them to the email, and basically sent them back. And I think the intention was, uh, right, you, you know, the pricing is all fine, but you've got to include all these other things that these people um, have said. And I just think they were just trying to sweep us all along and, and hope that one of us would kind of cave in. Now, in, in my case, I, I, I never did that. I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I probably lost that one as opposed to me thinking, that's weird, I'm not working with them. Um <laughs> But it did illustrate to me the fact that, well, it's also your rivals. You know, let's imagine that part of your rival's process is to badmouth WordPress. That could really work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if a professional does... web development company come back and they see that my proposal um, or my, uh, you know, contract or whatever mentions WordPress, I can't remember how often it does, but, you know, they, a nice quick win for them might be goodness me did you see about this hack in the news wordpress is not to be trusted and immediately it's a very powerful persuasive argument no don't trust wordpress we've got this platform our bespoke unique custom made cms platform just the job for you Uh, or it could be anything couldn't it you know you don't need this thing you don't need that Mm. thing and i might not have included something and they now think that i'm deficient because this other company have it it was really interesting getting never had that before hope I don't get it again because it felt really weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially the, the the rating below c minus could do better yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what it felt like yeah yeah interesting oh, <clears throat> so anyway the point of that was it might be that other professionals are bending um the ears of people it's not just the right. nephew it might be people who really do have skin in the game um they're not they're not just doing it for familial reasons they're doing it <clears throat> excuse me i need a drink of water because they want to win the work and it's easy to 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 win by putting your stuff down yeah and there's always the the, the people in the company anyway who have a say a marketing role there's always somebody who's got some kind of marketing role even if it's just the solo person doing it themselves so you're you're always with our digital marketing which is kind of the opposite to everything traditional models of marketing have said. So we're already at odds with somebody, aren't we, when mm. we come in? I think, the take, <laughs> think the takeaways for this for me are, is I'm going to keep asking to speak to one person. I'm going to yeah. keep asking to have everybody in the room. 
but mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to introduce the idea that if the proposal goes quiet, I'm going to introduce the idea of explicitly asking was was there a reason for that that's beyond my control? I don't know how I'm going to word that, but I think I'm going to basically say, look, has anybody come up with an objection that I that you haven't told me about? Please let me know and we can definitely talk this through and look at it again. Yeah. Yeah, that's the takeaway for me as well. I was just thinking as well, we do a lot of videos for people and I can see the usefulness of that as well. And mm. I mean, they could do the same with emails, but sometimes you can convey much more to more people. I have noticed <laughs> a few times because we were talking about this earlier, I use um, Cloud App and it lets you know when somebody's seen a video, mm. but also lets you know when it's seen by other people as well. Yeah. So. I have been surprised sometimes when I put something out to one person to see how many other people have seen it and I just wouldn't be aware. So it does give you some indication that, you know, more people than you expected have some skin in the game. Oh, I didn't know it did that. I've only ever noticed the notifications that the video has been viewed for the first time. So you can also... Mm receive what Mm. is it like a notification which it just works it out by ip address or something it figures out that oh that's a different person that's that's ingenious i get this um i get these kind of notifications with my billing software so and proposals and things like that so i can see that somebody has opened the proposal and that's always fascinating to me when people uh, you know they, they it's gone completely quiet i've absolutely written it written them off as a as a client and the and then the proposal suddenly gets opened again. Sometimes I <laughs> randomly hear from them, and but most of the time I don't. I don't know why they're opening it. Maybe it's a glitch and they opened the wrong email. But um, yeah, fascinating that this can happen yeah. down the road. And I've done that to people. I, I'm, I'm sort of in the process of uh, doing a, a piece of work with another developer. And I didn't communicate with him in the time frame that he clearly expected. And it was always in my head that I was going to use him. From the moment I met this developer, it was always in my head that, yep, that's the guy. I'm going to do it with him. But then Mm. the summer holidays came along and I took some time out with my kids. And then I wrote to him after the summer holidays so that probably about seven weeks had gone by and said, "Okay, let's get on with it. And his immediate reaction was, well, I didn't expect that. I, did, I just thought that you, you know, I'd never hear from you again, and I was literally thinking, "What? That that was never, no, no, never." So different expectations. Absolutely, this is a totally different topic, isn't it? But yeah. I've really noticed that so much recently. How long some clients take to make some decisions or watch a video that I've made, but they do eventually. So I've got a lot more patient over the years. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right, though. A different topic. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, should we uh, should we knock this one on the head? I think so. Okay. Okay. So, bye bye. Yeah. See you later. Bye. I hope you found that interesting. Maybe, dare I say it, even useful. Who knows? Always interesting chatting with David about these subjects. Why not go and pick yourself up a copy of Bryony Thomas's Watertight Marketing? There's links in the show notes. And also do bear in mind this is a series, so it may be um, apropos to go and listen to them in the correct order. Again, the links to the previous episodes are in the show notes. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by WP and Op. One in four of us will be directly affected by mental health-related illness. WP and Ops supports and promotes positive mental health within the WordPress community. This is achieved through mentorship, events, training and counselling. Please help enable WP and Op by visiting wpandop.org forward slash give.
Okay, we will of course be back next week. It won't be a chat with David and I because we alternate an interview with a WordPress guest with a discussion. So every couple of weeks it's David and I, every other couple of weeks it's a an interview with a guest. So join us for that. That'll be next Thursday. Also, please come back on Monday, listen to the weekly WordPress news that I put out and wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you'd like to join us live in our Facebook group or on YouTube and join the discussion about the weekly WordPress news, it's always fun. Every week I fade out these episodes with some awful cheesy music and this week is no exception. Prepare your ears. They are about to be ruined. Bye-bye for now.